0: Thankful for God's Word. I'm glad we can still freely preach it, still freely get into it. We don't have to worry about uh, hiding it or anything. The only place we need to hide the Word is in our heart. Amen. That's Amen. it. But I want to look at 1 John. We're going to start chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 7. Um, we're going to go down to 19, but we're going to skip some in the middle. There's a couple verses we'll skip. Um And just Lord willing, we'll see. Uh, We'll just trust God for it. 1 John 4, uh, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not uh, knoweth not God, for God is love. In in this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. We're going to skip to verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world there is no fear in love but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love we love him because he first loved us amen let's go to the lord in prayer dear heavenly father we thank you for your word we thank you for its truth tonight lord and i ask that you'd help me to be able to preach tonight lord help us to listen to what you have for us we ask the holy spirit to fill me in function but lord teach us tonight lord your word and lord help us not to just fill our head with knowledge but let us apply it to our lives lord we love you and we thank you for all things in jesus name we pray and amen well, today's Valentine's Day, and what what is today full of, right? Hearts, love, you know, everything's heart-shaped, everything's red, uh, and for most people it's a, it's a good day, other people it's not so good of a day. Uh, but here's the thing that I noticed when I was thinking about a day like today filled with love, uh, is haven't we seen in the world that they take something that's biblical and they will... Change it, and they'll twist it, and they will uh, make it something different to fit their standard instead of the standard of the Bible. Right? This is nothing new. We see this in all sorts of things. Uh, but I want to look at this passage. If you didn't realize it, love is the is the key of this passage right here. The verses that we read, love is mentioned a million times in here. Uh, but the first time that love is mentioned between two people is Genesis twenty nine twenty in the Bible. It says, "Jacob." Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days for uh, the love he had to her. So that that's the first instance, really, of love. The only thing earlier is uh, Isaac saying that he loved meat, but that's not we're not going to count that. But this is a love that we're talking about. But one of the things that you see in the world uh, is they have a different definition of love. And I want to look at what the Bible talks about. When it comes to love. Amen. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves we're in this world so much. We have to remind ourselves the difference sometimes we're uh, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Amen. But the problem is this world wants to conform every one of us to it. It wants us to act and talk and live just like they do. And the problem is they get a lot more influence a lot of times than God does. You know, it's just uh, a matter of fact, we those people that we work around around and different things that a family that're we around that are lost they have a lot of influence on our lives whether we think about it or not you know a lot of things that they say and do it it lodges into our head and things that we watch and listen to as well so sometimes we just got to get back to the truth but verse 7 starts out the passage beloved so you know he's talking to christians beloved let us love one another for love is of god and everyone that loveth is born of god and knoweth God Amen. So this love that he's talking about right at the beginning this isn't a uh, this isn't a romantic love or or a love like that uh, this isn't a love that a spouse uh, has for one another this isn't a love uh, for a, a you know a parent and a child or a family member no this love is different this the love that he's talking about is this deep caring love that one person has for another and the key is its self-sacrificing love unconditional love. All right. So that self-sacrificing that uh, the opposite would be, I'm loving you because I'm getting something out of it, right? That's or that that's conditional as well. But uh, I'm loving you for me or I'm loving you for what I can get out of it. That that's what the world does, right? Isn't that the, isn't that the world? Well, this is the opposite Uh, type of love because the love of the world is uh, you know they would never sacrifice themselves for love they would say hey if you're not getting what you need out of the relationship you get out of there if it's not good for you uh, if it's not perfect for you you get out of it Uh, so they love when their conditions are met uh, but this is an unconditional love but one of the things you see very quickly in this passage is you cannot separate God's love for the love that Christians have for one another, right? It's clear. It's over and over again, and we'll look at uh, we'll look at this as we go. Uh, but where does verse eight? It says, "He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love." You know what? It's making clear right off the bat uh, is that it's not natural for humans to just love one another. And again, this love is the self-sacrificing, unconditional love. That's not normal in this world but you know where that comes from when you do see it in this world it comes from God that's what the Bible's saying if there are instances of self-sacrificing unconditional love it's from God and it shouldn't be that hard to understand let me ask you this question have you ever had love for another brother and sister in Christ that you've never even met right that type of love that type of deep caring yes uh or you know maybe you meet somebody in person for the first time and instantly you know you find out they're a believer. There's a love, there's a care there that happens no matter what. And and it's been amazing. We've been on mission trips. We've met people we for the first time. You know nothing in common, didn't know them, but the second we start meeting, there's a care there, right? And in fact, you think about our mission trip. Uh, we're getting all the stuff ready and and planning and raising funds for people we've never met. We care about them, right? There. There are brethren and sisters in Christ over in Central America that we want to help and we care for them. Why? Not because of us. It's because that love and care came from God. That's where it came from. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And we see that's the opposite. If you don't have love for other Christians, you don't have a relationship with God. And I know that's not, uh, uh, you know, that's not popular or anything else. But that's what the Bible's saying. If you don't have a love for other brethren, there's a problem. That's a spiritual red flag. That's something that should say, hey, that's a problem. But on the flip side, if you do have love for a brethren, that should help you to be assured in your salvation. Because again, if it's not something natural, right? That that self-sacrificing, unconditional love, that's not natural in this world. So if you have that and you're showing that for others... You've got something in you that the world doesn't have. Amen? Amen. It's just another, uh, more evidence that you have been saved, you have been changed by Jesus Christ through salvation. But here's the thing. you got to ask yourself, do you deeply care about other Christians? Now, here's what we say a lot of times. Some of them, most of them, right? What about all of them? That's when it gets harder. Right? Aren't some harder to love than others? Amen? I don't need names thrown out or anything, but you know what? Even those that are harder to love, sometimes you just got to pray for them and love them anyway. Amen? That's what we got to do. Because that's what God did. And that's what he does for us. We're harder to get along with, right, to God, aren't we? We're not an easy uh, child of His, right? We, we don't perfectly follow His will. We don't, uh, you know, do what He tells us to do right off the bat. We're a problem child to God, and He still loves us. Amen. So we can love one another, amen? We can't separate the love from others from knowing God. That's what's clear in the beginning. Verse nine. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Ten, hearing his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is the time. Remember, this is a time of love. This is a time of, you know, anytime I meet, uh, you know, two people that want to get married, I always ask them the first question when they're sitting down to me and we're doing the, a counseling, I ask, how did you meet? Tell me the story, right? And you know, people turn on the Hallmark channel. If that's even a thing anymore, they they, they watch the the movies about love stories and everything. And isn't it amazing that it can be so crazy? Yet in about an hour, everything wraps up. The snow's falling, they're kissing, and everything's great, right? The girl from the city and the guy working hard in the country. They always end up together. Don't act like you've never watched these anyway. Uh, but anyway, that isn't that how the world does it. It's always that quick always that easy but the greatest love story ever told was uh god the father sending god the son jesus christ to this earth to die for our sins there is no greater showing of love than what jesus christ did for us no greater love story he's the only begotten son It wasn't out of a whole bunch of them. There was only one, and that's the one that he sent to die on the cross to be a propitiation for our sins. That's a big word, but what it's saying is Jesus' death on the cross satisfied the wrath of God for our sins. Amen. The wrath that should have been poured on me should have been poured on you for eternity. Jesus had it poured on him six hours on the cross. He did that in our place, praise God. He paid our price. He took our place, and by his blood, we are forgiven. Amen? That's love. Self-sacrificing, unconditional, that's love, what Jesus did on the cross for us. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, Romans 5.8, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's something we can never forget. Sometimes we get this feeling in us, and all it is is pride, honestly, that we feel like we're something special or anything else. No, we were sinners. We were ugly. We were dirty. We were defiled. We were an enemy of God. Uh, This world had walked all over us. (coughs) We were an enemy with God. We were a friend of the devil. We were listening to him. Going against God, we were headed to hell and we had nothing to offer for God. And that's the one he died for. And as soon as we get that, we realize what love he's really talking about. Yeah. Right? He died for us. He manifested that love for us, <coughs> even though we were unlovable and nobody else has done anything anywhere near that. Amen. That's right. And if he did that, I'll keep saying it again. We can love one another. Yes. Amen. Verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to we ought also to love one another. And here's the thing, you, sh- you should get to verse 11 and I'll say, wait a second, didn't he already mention this, right? Didn't, didn't he already say this pretty much in the verses ahead? Well, I think the Holy Spirit is a really good teacher. And really good teachers, when they hit something important, what do they do? They repeat it. Yeah. They say it again and he's going to say it again and again and this is what he's saying we get to verse 11 it's not something new he's given us the same truth if God loved us right if God loved us we could stop right there and say he did he does yes amen he met the condition we ought also to love one another self-sacrificing unconditionally all the Christians in the world and then maybe you're thinking, well, is only John, is it just John the one that talks about this? Jesus said in Matthew 5 46, For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? Right? He was saying, Hey, if you're just loving people that, you know, uh, give you something in return, that conditional love or the self-sacrifice or the self-fulfilling love or selfish love. He said, that's what the world does. That's what sinners do. Jesus said that. He said, that's an easy standard. The publicans do that. But you know what? If we're honest with ourselves through our lifetimes, if you think about your life, and I think about my life especially uh, before I started playing the piano and teaching Sunday school and different, doing different things for God, there were so many that poured out their life into mine. So many that taught, so many that prayed for me, did Sunday school, did trips, you know, youth leaders, everything else, pastors uh, throughout that time that, that showed love and had no idea, right? When we, when, when we have junior church and different VBS and everything else, you're teaching all these kids and you have no idea what's going to come. Amen. We don't know. We don't know which ones might be missionaries or pastors or or singers or different things like that. Or which ones may walk away. We have no idea. But guess what? We're going to teach them all and pour all of our love into them and teach them and disciple them and help them to grow. Because that's what God's called us to do. Because that's what people have done for us. Leading that example. Amen. That's why we're here today. Somebody prayed for us. A lot of people did. But also people gave us the truth. They taught us. They raised us up. And different things like that. And We can say praise God for that. But that's what God. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying hey. Not the ones that can pay you back. Because they might be able to. But this is not it. It's the ones that can't. That's the ones. And he said, all those ones I know that poured out in my life and any of the ones that uh, did that for others, they will receive a reward in heaven. That's what he's saying. If you only love those that will love you back, he's saying, what, what reward is that? You get your reward. I want my reward in heaven. Verse 12, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Right? What's he saying? That true love, self-sacrificing, unconditional, all-encompassing, it doesn't look right to the world. Right? Isn't that what they're saying? They're saying the opposite. Now, wait a second. You need to focus on you. Now, wait a second. You need to take care of you. And again, it's a balance. We're not totally allowing ourselves to be uh, no food and no money and no anything and no house and not take care of our kids and, and stuff like that. No, we have responsibilities. But a lot of times the excuse of the responsibilities it is not even really the problem. The problem is we're not showing love a lot of times to one another. And that's what he's saying. Hey, If you wanna show this world what true love is, show it with your life. Show it with how you talk, how you act, how you treat people. Because unfortunately, that part is missing in a lot of even churches today. You go in a lot of churches, they're not preaching a love like this. They're preaching a love like the world. And how are we gonna show? Because again, remember I said it is evidence. When we show this love outwardly, it's evidence of the change on the inside. It's evidence of what he's done. It's evidence of the love that he's poured into us. How are we going to convince somebody to come to a life-changing God if our life is not different? How are we going to convince somebody that his love was unconditional, his love was different than this world, if we're not showing anything? And that's what he's saying right here. No man has seen God at any time. They can't see him, but they can see us. And when they see us, can they see him? Right? That's the question. Because he dwells in us. Verse 16, we're skipping down. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Again, here's the Holy Spirit repeating it again. And here's the thing. If he's saying it this many times, we can't ignore it. Amen? Amen. How many times does he repeat something three times in a passage? Not very often. Not like we repeat things. But notice verse 8 and verse 16 have the same phrase. God is love. Now, the world has stolen that, haven't they? They have stolen that phrase and they have paraded it and they shove it in our face, right? God is love and they use it as a sword against us. But again, what are they using it for? An excuse for sin, right? That's what they use it for. But in this passage, what's the context? God is love and his love died for sin amen his love paid the price for sin not so you can stay in sin but so you can get out of sin right you can get out of the bondage of sin that's why he died that's why he paid the price so we could get out amen he was freeing us from the bondage of sin he was freeing us from hell so when they come at us and say god is love you should say you're right but the God of love died on the cross for sin, not for sin to continue. He wouldn't have died on the cross if he thought sin would continue, right? If, if God is love meant their version of God is love, then Jesus would be marching in the parade today. He's not. He died on the cross. Yeah. He would have never rained down fire and brimstone. Amen. He would have went outside and said, You're all doing great. Keep it up. He never did right? It's that simple. It's that simple. He died so we could get out of that and he died so we can get a new life and a new love in God. Verse 17, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because... As he is, so uh, are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We know that the word perfect in the King James means complete. So if he's saying, herein is our love made perfect, here's our love made complete. This is a complete love. And what's he saying? Remember, what is it? God loved us, Right. Uh, we know that his love was manifested in Jesus Christ coming to die on the cross for our sins. He did this when we were yet sinners, right? When we were, were dying for, he died for us. But he says, hey, your knowledge is incomplete. Even right now, it's incomplete of this matter, of this love. You know why? I believe this, and now some people will argue, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. It's future. I believe when we get to heaven and we see Jesus Christ for the first time without faith but with our eyes and we see him glorified in heaven, I think it will be just like everyone else that saw Jesus glorified from the Old Testament to the New. They all had the exact same reaction. What did they do? They they talked about their sin every time. Right? Isaiah talked about his sin. All of them, they all did that. I believe when we see him, we will realize what holiness really looks like. Jesus. Right? I, we think we know what holiness looks like. We don't. What are you? What in this earth is holy? What in this earth doesn't have a curse of sin? Nothing. We're surrounded by sin. And we diminish our own sin. Right? If we truly knew how much we sinned, which we will when we see his holiness, it instantly will reveal. And instead of revealing our sin, I believe when we see his holiness, instead of falling dead as they were dead, like some of them did, or saying I am unclean, or whatever they said, we will say this, wow, if that's what holiness is, then he forgave me of a lot. He says, look, read it again. Herein is our love made perfect or complete, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. I believe come judgment day, it's not going to be a time of tears. It's going to be a time of praise. And I'm not boldly walking up to the throne saying, I deserve it. They're going to be ones that boldly walk up to him and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these wonderful things in your name? Look at all these works that I'm bringing. I'm not bringing any works to him. The only works I'm bringing are the ones He's got. That's it. That's why I can boldly come up. Because I'm not boldly coming up to my throne. I'm boldly coming up to His throne. I bowed down at the cross, amen, for forgiveness of sins. And then he believed in His resurrection. And it just as He is alive today, just as He was buried, he, was, uh, he died, He was buried, and rose on the third day. Guess what I am and you are today in Jesus Christ. We're walking around in this world... Yes, you see the same body on the outside, but I'll tell you, on the inside, the old man died, was buried, and a new man is risen today. That's why he's saying that. We can walk around boldly in that day because today we're just as risen as he is. Amen? Amen. Not this old body, but I'm telling you what, our heart and soul, it's risen. Amen? It's new. There's no fear and love. But perfect love casteth out all fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And here, is what he's giving is the opposite. There'll be those that have a fear of the judgment day. Now, not many, but the ones that have heard the truth about the gospel and have heard the truth about sin and hell, they're afraid if they genuinely think about it and genuinely consider their life in the truth of the gospel, they're afraid of that day. They're afraid of hell. They're afraid of it. But guess what? You can't lead in love by fear. Right? right? What's the worst case in this world? The abusive spouse. Right? They'll say they love and then they beat them. That's not love. That's That's what the Bible's saying. Love doesn't come from fear. I'm not afraid of God. Now I have a reverence of God, that type of fear. I'm not afraid of God. I'm not afraid of Him. He loves me. And I love Him. And we have a relationship. It's not out of fear. So anytime people get this notion in their mind that's a Christian that, oh, I'm, I'm afraid or things like that. A lot of times they're out of line. They've heard something that doesn't match the Bible. And I don't get up here and I try to rule by fear or lead by fear either. Now, the only fear is wasted time, right? Wasted energy, wasted, you know, uh, or people that should be afraid that are outside of Jesus Christ. That you should be afraid. But Christians should not be fearful of him. And then finally, verse 19, we'll stop with this. We love him because he first loved us. Wow. You can just stop on that verse. And I was just thinking about that today. And I thought I could think all day on just that verse. And the more I think about it, the more blessing. Amen. Uh, I mean, it's a simple verse. There's no big words or anything like that. But all I think about when I think of that is what joy, right? You know what that verse tells me? The love that we have did not come from us. It's that simple, right? We love him because he first loved us. And it was his love toward us that allows us to love him in return. But guess what? If we say that we love him, we love the Trinity, right? Because you can't separate God, the father and God, the son and God the Holy Spirit. They're in one. They're in unity. If we say that we love Him, guess what else we're going to love? His Word. You can't separate Jesus Christ from the Word. Amen? If we say that we love Him, we'll love the church. Right? Right. Because He's the head of the church. And what did He start with? If you love me, if you have a relationship with me, if you know me, you'll love one another. Right? Just what we've already seen. So in closing this, this passage, is it's easy to read, but it's harder to live out every day because he's talking about, again, a self-sacrificing, unconditional love. And here's the thing. If you don't love every single Christian, I'm not saying that you're not saved. I'm just saying we got work to do, right? That's it. That's all we have. We're growing in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you have more love for the brethren today than you did before, you're growing in Jesus Christ, and you can take, uh, you can be blessed in that. But here's the flip side: don't act like you're close to God. Don't act like you're a mature Christian if you don't have a great love for the brethren. It's it's both sides are true, and we have help. Right? We're not loving one another on our own. We have help from Him. Yes. Amen? It's not us. Amen. Now think about God. He loved us when we were unlovable. Yes. Right? He didn't have help in loving us. We didn't help Him loved us. We made it harder for Him to love us. We can love one another because we do have help from Him. Now look at your life. Think about different Christians And do the hard thing. Think about Christians that you aren't showing that self-sacrificing, unconditional love to. And just ask God to help you. Right? Just ask Him to help you that. How do you show a genuine concern for others? Well, it's pretty simple. you got to get to know them first, right? You can't love somebody without really knowing them. You pray for them. You help them. And you love them. Because God loves us. We can love each other. All right? Let's open.